on this week's episode are we turning red for disney plus we go back in time with the adam project and march madness is back all this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos welcome to the pop culture cosmos and we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to sports right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, Vampires, and Vitae, where they had the party hats going on. And oh if you get gosh. to check it out, they look like they had a lot of fun. They've got a lot of attention today, got a lot of people liking what they did. So if you want to check out what I'm talking about, please do so today. Vampires and Vitae. Vampires of Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts, or the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where, in fact, you can also get the latest news and trends of pop culture, popculturecosmos.com, and everything we do here at Vampires of Vitae and the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you could support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. For In for Josh today on the Monday show is my good friend, indeed. She is the mastermind with the party hat. <laughs> at Vampires Vitae, along with Rob, her husband, and everybody else in the gang. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Vampires Vitae. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, thank you for subbing in for Josh today and his, no tricky, his tricky little internet issues. So, yeah, that happens. Oh, tell me about it. It happens indeed. <laughs> but I'm glad to have you here. I mean, you do such a great job for us on the Friday show. You, I don't know how I keep up with you. You just you just <laughs> do so great. So. <laughs> Listen, we keep talking about it. Undersell so I can over-deliver. Okay. Well, you over-deliver each and every time. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. But before we get into the rundown on today's show, what you been checking out lately? Whatever's we, been striking your fancy? We went through all of Reacher. Oh, nice. Uh, which was pretty good. Enjoyed that. And right now we're going back through Letterkenny. So there's a lot of Letterkenny-isms that have been dropping into our conversations lately. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We're not too worried about getting on the trendy thing. We're waiting for Obi-Wan, to be honest. Yeah, as of right now, we're kind of in a holding pattern for TV, bracing ourselves and getting ready. Well, I'm surprised to hear you say Obi-Wan because... You know, there's a lot of good Star Trek stuff coming right now. So Yeah, absolutely. And as a Star Trek fan, I am delighted, and it's about time. Discovery, got to catch up on. I've been doing that mm -hmm. over the course of the weekend. Also, as well as Star Trek Picard. 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 Yeah. He's still troubled by what Q did. Q's doing a number on him, put him in an alternative timeline. Nothing that is going on in Star Trek Picard is novel, but mm. it works. As I said this last week, it's not a new thing in the Star Wars universe, what they're doing, alternate timelines, et cetera, et cetera. It's just something that I think is very familiar and actually is good for this type of series. Because yet last year, again, you enjoyed it all the way through, but I think a lot of other people share my up and down type feel, depending on the episode. 
Sure, so yeah. I, I think this is more familiar and I think so far they're getting off on the right foot. So I just found out that they wrapped up season three and they already said that's the final season for Star Trek Picard. They've already been on Twitter saying that. So it's kind of yeah. weird. I'm only watching the second episode of season two and they're already <laughs> done with season three. So yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Well, not only that, but you and I had a, a long talk about that actually on the Friday show about how yeah. if we were betting people, we would have put money on the fact that season three would be enough for, you know, Patrick Stewart to, to finally say goodbye to Picard. Yeah, exactly. And he's already messing with Q now. So if this is the case, if it's just like a bookend thing with the next generation, you remember how Q started and ended that series. I wouldn't be surprised if he's somehow involved in season three in some format, or if they just find some cataclysmic event that only Jean-Luc Picard can handle. And then he's riding off or zooming off into the sunset indeed, or warping off. Yeah. yeah. I do want to mention two other shows I've been checking out. I've already mentioned before on this show, Severance on Apple Plus, extremely, extremely good. It's weird, mysterious, but very, 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 very good. Just the performances there. This is a performance-driven show. It's directed by Ben Stiller. He's really done a great job because he's getting outside of his comedic element. So I highly recommend Severance on Apple Plus. It's really something I want to talk about when the series is done. And then Winning Time. I just finished episode two before we went on air. That covers the rise of the Los Angeles Lakers. It is a little bit over the top at times. I know Jonah Hill directed this latest episode. It's from Adam McKay as far as executive producing this whole thing. But very interesting. It actually showcases right now just the the events before the Lakers started their dynasty right in the summer of, uh, I think, 79, if I'm not mistaken. So it is really something I think that people can get into. It is a little bit over the top. It is a little bit exaggerated as far as the individuals and how they were in real life, as opposed to what you're seeing on screen, I think. I know that is documented in the book Showtime that I spoke to the author to, that is Jeff Perlman, a couple weeks back, if you want to catch that on Pop Culture Cosmos. But yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting watch so far. I'm looking forward to it as, of course, a Lakers fan. You see all the stuff behind me. But yes, you're going to have to take it with a grain of salt and some of the stuff that they've embellished it or enhanced it a little bit for entertainment purposes. Absolutely. I was going to say for dramatic purposes, but I don't know that you need more drama, but. <laughs> oh, it <laughs> was entertaining. Purposes. Yeah. Well, it was entertaining and entertaining at that point in time in that era. They they created the showtime, this mystique, this this whole thing. But behind the scenes is obviously what people are focusing on, as this yeah. series does, and the way the characters and real life individuals interact with each other, interact with the their environment is kind of uh, different, to say the yeah. least. I know some of the stories there are true. I know some of the things that are said in there are based in fact, but. Some of it, again, is just uh, a little bit over the top, but it's, uh, for the most part, a very enjoyable watch indeed. But I tell you what, there's a great show ahead for us. We're going to be talking a lot of things. In fact, I have a review of Turning Red and also The Atom Project, both now available. They came out this weekend, one on Disney+, Plus, one on Netflix. So we'll talk about that coming up. Also want to mention that we're going to be talking about the Marvel Netflix shows are no longer Netflix. They'll be dropping on Disney Plus. So we'll be asking, I'll be asking Melinda exactly her thoughts on this. Where should someone start? If they have not seen any of these Netflix Marvel shows, The Punisher, Daredevil, The Defenders, Luke Cage, 
Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, any of these shows, where would somebody start first? Or would it be the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is also dropping? So we'll talk about that coming to Disney Plus as well. I know Melinda also has a little bit more thoughts on the GTA 5 next-gen upgrade, Hmm. which hits this week. So we'll talk about that. Is it worth your time and money? We'll go ahead and talk about that. South by Southwest 2022. That just ended. It was another great conference, another great showcase for pop culture with music, technology, movies, television, entertainment as a whole, all colliding into one in Austin, Texas. And we're going to talk about three things, my biggest three takeaways, announcements, teasers, and reviews that were made at South by Southwest 22. So we'll talk about that as well. William Hurt, we'll actually spend a couple minutes on William Hurt, who passed away at 71. I know Marvel fans know him as Thunderbolt Ross, but he had a whole career of great work he did before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We'll talk about that as well. My gosh, Melinda, you should have saved your Pokemon cards and Magic the Gathering cards when you were Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I should have actually bought them when I was younger. That's for sure, because (laughs) I just recently checked out a auction for some big-time Pokemon Charizard cards and Magic the Gathering cards. How much did they go for? I'm going to give you the sticker shot coming up later in the program. And March Madness. I will spend some time, just a little bit, because March Madness is here. March Madness! For all those crazy kids out there. <laughs> it's their excuse to go crazy and wild, and we'll talk right, about that. One more time? Yes. Can you get to me one more time? Crazy and wild! <laughs> <laughs> but that's coming up later in the program as well. But first, my friend, it is turning red. I don't know if you got a chance to see it as of yet. I want to apologize to everyone out there. I wasn't sure which animal 100%. I thought it looked like a red fox. I mentioned to you that it's actually a red panda. Oh, okay. As was beaten into my head over the weekend by my daughters. Said, it's a red panda, Dad. It's a red panda. I said, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. And so Correction I made. sincerely apologize. Right. Yes, absolutely. I did not mean to get it wrong. It was not my intent. I just was telling you visually what it was because I had not seen the synopsis. So now that I've seen the synopsis and now that I've seen the film, I do know right. someone that has works Pixar. I've told you that. We were working together for a while at the couple different special effects companies, one of which was right across the street from Paramount. I always tell these stories and whatnot, but he's at Pixar now. And he told me a while back to wait for Turning Red because he thinks it's something special. And I will say this, my review of Turning Red is he's exactly right. Oh, wow. We talked about last week how, off camera, how there was a review out there from someone on a website, Cinema Blend, I think, that they pulled it because it was very narrow-minded in its thinking. And all I can say is, I don't know what that guy was smoking because this movie rocks. It deals with the subject matter that rarely gets discussed or talked about, and that is puberty for women. The women, 13, 14-year-old girls, and it focuses on them and also the relationship that one has with their mother at that period of time. It does go into a little bit about periods, does go a little bit about the changes that a woman has during that period of time. And these are really interesting things to talk about in the way that they handle it, plus also dealing with aspects of the Chinese culture, which are really fascinating. And the fact that, 
you know, her entire family on the female side has this, I don't want to say curse. They call it a curse in the movie, but it's a, it's a thing where when they come of age, whenever they become emotional, they turn into a various size red panda. Some are smaller red pandas. There's in one case, a very large red panda. And I mean, large red panda, <laughs> but what it does, it does a follow the same type of Pixar formula. Right. But the way it does so is really, really well done. It is a movie if you have a 4K TV because of oh, the yeah? colors. As Josh, if Josh was here, yeah. he would tell you the colors <laughs> pop, Gerald. The colors pop. <laughs> well, this is a Josh movie because the colors absolutely pop. Right. They are just bursting out there. If you have a daughter in your life, yeah, they will totally relate to this. It had one of my daughters literally bawling Aww. because of what it felt like to her, how she could relate to the main character, Mei Lee. Even if for us dads, and even if you're not a dad out there, this is something, right. again, it follows the, the Pixar formula. It stays safe in that realm. It just It doesn't do anything beyond what it needs to do. It's not telling a global or a galactic or a worldwide thing. It's just dealing with this family for the most part and the friends that she has and also the boy band that they love, which is so <laughs> funny because it, the boy band that they these girls love is called Four Town, and it's actually five members of the band, which I think is just, it's an in-joke of some kind, but mm-hmm. it really is well done. And it That's is fun. something that if you're a mom out there or even if you're you got a daughter's kids or just you want somebody to understand more what a 13-year-old girl the mind of a 13-year-old could be like i have a 14 and a 16-year-old and they could totally relate to it going while one was shouting one was crying cuz one was shouting at the screen that, you know this is wrong this one what about this don't do that the other one's crying so they're all both getting emotion it just brings out that emotion in you and and really it was something that I, this was very well done. That's great. I'm really excited to see that. We have kind of an early night tonight, so I think we may have both movies on the docket for this evening. It's really, really, really good. And I really, really, really am excited to tell people about Turning Red because right now, early on, it's only March. Right. But right now, it's my movie of the year. Wow. Whoa. Somebody make a note of that. Remind us. Well, that's what I'm doing. I, what, this year, so I won't get lose track of, oh, I forgot about Mitchell's and Machines or just off my list or anything. Right, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I've got a note. So I've got my best of and I got my right. worst of notepads right there on my, on my right. screen. So I can't lose track <laughs> of it. But it is turning red from Pixar. Soul was good. Luca was okay. Onward to me was okay. But this really hits a sweet spot. And I really think that even though this is for Disney Plus, it's 130 million subscribers that they have. I really think they should have put this out in the theaters because I really think it was something that definitely a lot of people would have actually gone and seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see if that helps to drive up Disney Plus subscription numbers because that's the point, right? That is the point. Yeah. Along with something else we're going to talk about a little bit later on that we've already talked about here on the show in regards to the Disney Marvel series that they're getting. But it is turning red from Pixar. What are your thoughts out there on Turning Red? Have you seen Turning Red? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And again, I highly recommend this if you've got a daughter in your life, you've got some teenagers in your life, 
it really deals with subjects that I really think that rarely get talked about or rarely get dealt with. So Pixar, you've done it again. But yeah. Nice. Uh, absolutely. If you got any thoughts on it, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Okay, wait. Wait, I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obver ob, ob, <laughs> Close enough. Ovulation. It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can. You are still naked. Oh God! The music stops, and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh God! This is. The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two, to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, the other movie you said you were going to catch. Yes. Was something with. We, we talked about on Friday was PG 13 Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Should be interesting. And the Adam project. Yes. And now the Adam project, I did speak with Josh on the phone earlier. And I think next time he comes around, he's on the show and he's hosting with me on that. I think he's going to tell you that what he told me earlier, which was that he thought this was a solid popcorn flick. I really think that he is right. I really think that of the, Ryan Reynolds straight to Netflix movies. This is the best one, which is okay. saying a whole lot, but it is a movie that I liked more than Free Guy, even though it's directed by the same guy, Sean Levy, as Free Guy. Right. And also the guy who's going to be directing Deadpool 3, which was just announced last week, just to let everybody know up there. But right. Ryan Reynolds' character going back in time to save the course of some evil doings going on. And I'll just leave it at that because you're going to see it and I don't want to ruin it for you. Does he do it? Does he not? You'll have to watch and find out. Mark Ruffalo's in the flick. Also as well for 13 Going on 30, Jennifer Garner's in there. So it has a reunion of if you're into 13 Going on 30. You remember that movie from way back when that has a reunion between those two. That's great. Zoe, Zoe Saldana's in the movie. I wish she was in the movie a little bit more, but because of plot reasons, she was not in the movie as much as I would like. But overall, it's a good flick. It's all right. Entertaining. The kid, he does his best. Ryan Reynolds, snarky, snappy impersonation as best he can. But it just doesn't come across as, as well as uh, what, what Ryan Reynolds does. But this right. is Ryan Reynolds' PG-13. You know, for me, the best part about it is when he's not acting like Ryan Reynolds and he's acting <laughs> like an actor. <laughs> we talked about that on Friday, though. He showed a little bit of acting chops. There were some dramatic scenes where he had to step outside of his normal, I'm going to throw a million jokes at you or insults right. at you and see what sticks. He had to step outside just a couple points of time. And in those couple points of time, I really thought it clicked. I really see that there could be something down for him down the road if he ever chose to go that route to go right. ahead and become a serious actor, at least on one occasion. And that's right. all. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, okay. really good popcorn flick. I think you'll like it. I think it's something that, again, would get like a seven or seven and a half, you know, something like that. Something that's good passing time that you might even want to see again down the road. So I give thumbs up to the Adam project. And I think you will too. I think you will. Nice. Too. 
We got a thumbs up kind of night tonight. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Turning Red is really, really good. Anna Project is good, fun, popcorn entertainment. It's light. It's nothing heavy there for you. So we want to hear your thoughts on the Anna Project. It is the number one movie, of course, on Netflix. What a shock. But we want to hear your thoughts on the Anna Project. The only thing I want to know is down the line, if I know that Nielsen like kind of like gets the numbers in a roundabout way because these streaming services don't actually tell you the numbers unless they really want to. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Turning Red does with its 130 million subscriber base as opposed to the 220 million that the Atom Project has. I'd love to see what the ratio would be of that as far as people viewing it. So if we find that out, we'll let you know. But both movies, they're worth watching. And if you have any thoughts on either, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the half-hour break, Melinda, I wanted to go ahead and ask you, GTA, the next-gen upgrade, it is coming out. It is something that I think a lot of people are talking about. Some of it in not the most glowing of fashion because they think this is just another money grab from 2K and Newsflash. This is just another money grab from 2K. Or like it's like a stalling tactic. We're going to get you DTA 6 when we absolutely have to, but we're going to be, it's like, think of like Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. We're going to bleed it dry by putting on every single platform and wring it dry. We're going to do the same with GTA 5. We're just going to put it in every platform possible that we can and try to get every single, single dollar and cent from it we can before we go ahead and bring out a new GTA 6. So I want to hear your thoughts on GTA 5 one more time. Do you think this is a real money grab? Because again, you're paying for, if if you're upgrading, you're paying for it. Or if you're buying outright, you're paying $70 for it. Okay, so if you bought GTA 5 when it came out in, was it 2013? Yep. You've been getting free content ever since then. So they're going to release another bundle and now they're asking you to pay them for the work that they're doing. Yep. It seems kind of fair to me. I mean, it's been a long time that they've been giving you free stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's been paid DLC from time to time. Let's not give them the total carte blanche on that. I mean, there has been a ton of player infused mods to the GTA online scene. And there also has been dlc paid dlc that they've gone ahead and introduced like one a year one really kind of big dlc that they've given you each and every year since they have done a masterful job at rockstar to go ahead and stretch this game out it's already garnered over 100 million in sales which to me is just almost mind-boggling it's that's nintendo like right there for you absolutely i mean when it comes down to it and this is probably outside of a DLC release, which they'll probably do one more, at least at least one more, maybe later this year, maybe they'll do it right. next year, whatnot, before GTA 6 comes out. When it's all said and done, and we're writing the epitaph right. on GTA 5, will this go down as the greatest video game of all time? Um, wow. I had, I had to hit you with the heavy stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Gee, thanks for the heads up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> pal of mine I know, um, I, know. I mean it, it might it might i mean look at 2013 the game came out and it's still relevant we're still talking about it it's still hotly debated and look at the i mean the hundred million dollars in sales 
What about that doesn't say of 100 million sales? Well, let's say, let's put it this way 100 million sales. Let's say the average sale over the course, because you talk about not everybody's bought it at $60. So let's say the average is around $40. Okay. Lifetime. The average person that bought it bought it at $40. Now, I mean, these days you can go to Black Friday, they were selling it for 20 bucks and 15 bucks. But right now, let's say over the course of the lifetime, the average was 40 bucks. That's $4 billion. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Right. It's a billion dollar industry. Yes. I mean, people talk about Super Mario Brothers 3 being the greatest game of all time. And we talked about on the show before that Wii Sports is the actual biggest seller of all time. But that was buoyed by the fact that it was attached to everything. Yes. For the most part, as far as the bulk of its sales. Right. GTA 5 is literally sold out of its mind on every single platform. Yes. And it's made itself a name continuously in this streaming industry, which I think is a big part of why it sold so well. I mean, where is there left to go for GTA 5? Well, they just have to keep doing more of the same. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I agree with you. The proof is in the pudding. It has to be one of the greatest of all time, if not the yeah, I mean, there's like a top three, and it definitely has to be in your top three. I mean, with a lot of people, if you're not into the Nintendo versions of what you think is a Mario and the influence that Pong has or anything right. like that, Zelda or anything like that, if you're not into that part of it, then you're probably going to say GTA Five. at least in modern history, at least after the year 2000. I don't think there's anyone else that could have or any other game that could have that kind of claim as being the biggest game in the modern realm of video game industries. I, I just don't think that that there's anyone else that could make that claim. I think it, it should go down by the end of its run as the biggest game of all time. Yeah, it, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, for a lot of different reasons, its relevancy, you know, this long after its release is a huge point for me. Yeah, absolutely. I am. I love the fact that you, they're still trying to sell it for $70, you know, through PS5 and Xbox series x for someone who didn't have it before all eight people who probably haven't bought it before <laughs> right kidding, or whoever sold it you know they probably traded it away back to retro city games or one of our sponsors right or a GameStop or wherever and and they've already sold in like oh, i gotta get it again i gotta buy it again okay all right it's really good they got yeah, the dlc all right next gen upgrade it looks really good all right it's been upgraded the up-res versions because there are some actual benefits that really are intriguing as far as what they've done for this next gen upgrade is it a game changer pardon the pun to go ahead and do i mean is it you really have to have it if you spent time in gta i don't know if you need to pay for the upgrade for it because i think the upgrade is like 20 if i'm not mistaken i honestly i don't know i'll check on that but i think there is an upgrade charge for it no matter where you go but if you're buying it outright for 70 bucks is it worth going back in again on it Yes, I think so. If, you, if you're going to go out and drop money on a PS5, why don't you want a game that's specifically calibrated for the PS5? Like, mm-hmm. why would you buy a lesser version of the product? I would spend the extra money and, and have a, a version of the game that looked incredible. That's true. I mean, okay, the single-player story mode has been discounted by 75% on PS5 and 50% on Xbox Series X, respectively. This is through the website GamesRadar. So right. right now, the full package for the former is $9.99 on PS5, while Xbox players will be set back $29.98. That's on when it's on sale. So right now, it's probably, if you went to the upgrade package, it'd be 
60 bucks, I think is what they're talking about when all is said and done for full MSRP. So for what you're getting to have something you're familiar with yet, a lot of times been taken to make it a lot more sweet and a lot more special. I guess it's worth it. I guess it's worth it indeed. But I know that a lot of people are are really upset because some of the games that came out early on in the PS5, Xbox Series X generation were free as far as the next gen upgrades. And I think once you start feeding them the candy like that, they really just get mad when you feed them more expensive candy per se. But remember, kids, the first one's free. Yes. Yes. And that's that's the thing. I think that was the first one's free and people wanted to keep it free. But yeah, Remember, this is Rockstar and 2K. Yeah, they, and they, it's, a, it's a business. <laughs> yeah, it's a Bottom business. Line. Yeah, so you got to pay for GTA 6 somehow. You think of it like a major motion picture. A game yeah. like GTA 6, you would look at like an Avengers Endgame where it's two, $300 million to make a game like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you need to pay for it somehow. So, whew. GTA 5, next-gen upgrade. It hits consoles this weekend. Is Melinda thinking about it when she gets a ps5 we'll wait and see <laughs> Five can't, years <laughs> can't well yeah right when they become yeah. available right but let me hear your thoughts out there on the next gen upgrade for gta 5 we'd love to hear your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com well coming up next melinda's going to share her advice on what direction you should go in for the netflix marvel series that are now on disney plus or should you go agents of shield She'll talk about that coming after the break. Then we'll talk about South by Southwest 22. What was cool there? We'll pay our respects to William Hurt, Pokemon, and Magic the Gathering. Get top dollar. And March Madness is here, baby. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross, mastermind behind the awesome Vampires and Vitae. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today with or without the party hat at Vampires and Vitae. Oh we, yes, well, you know I wouldn't. You know when you had that on, you know I would not let that slide. <laughs> it was all, all for a that. very good reason. I'll say that much. Yes. Your husband was rocking the party hat as well yes. on the side. He was doing that yeah. side thing. Yes, absolutely. That's how, that's how cool he is. He wears yes. his side. And I saw you giving a whole bunch of high fives. I won't say why, because that's coming up <laughs> later this week on the audio version or right now that's available, Vampires and Vitae at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Or if you're listening to it, it's about a good, it's a really good 90 minutes to two hours long each and every time out, please check out the episodes today wherever you get your podcasts. It is Vampires Vitae. Again, we're the Tabletop RPG leader on Facebook. There's no better place to go for Tabletop RPGs. Catch us today, Pop Culture Cosmos, on Facebook. But my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. This is it. Finally, we're getting some more content to Disney+. Plus. I know you have heard me moan and groan about the Dearth, I think that's probably the best way to say it, Dearth, D-E-A-R-T-H, 
of content that has not been there over the past few weeks since the book right. of Slobo Fett. Right. Yes. Was finished. Which right. I actually didn't think finished on a bad note. I thought I actually finished on an okay note. But when it comes to what they're getting this week, they're getting all those Disney Marvel shows that were on Netflix. That yes. means The Punisher, The Cage, The Defenders, Daredevil, of course, Jessica Jones, <sighs> Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a feeling I know what you're not going to suggest to people, but let's say <laughs> I am coming to you now, Melinda. Say, hey, Melinda, I just saw this stuff drop on my Disney Plus. Your thoughts, if I'm coming to you now as a newbie, on where to go with all these shows, or should the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is also dropping on Disney Plus, if that should be my first priority as well? I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can wait because. None of these seasons for these Marvel shows are super long. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has the full broadcast standard length of season. So there's tons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to get through. So go through the shorter stuff first. That's what I think. That's how I would approach it. Do you want me to tell you which shows I would start with first? I mean, okay, this is the Melinda advice on where to go with the Disney. Now, Disney Plus shows the Marvel Disney shows that you suggest first on where to get to. So you're going to start at Daredevil. Okay. Good start. Yeah. 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 Very good start. Season one, Daredevil. Once you're done season one, don't go right into season two. Oh, no, friend. Once you're done Daredevil season one, you're going to go into Jessica Jones season one. You're not going to go into season two. You're going to go right into Luke Cage season one. And then you can go back and you can pick up Daredevil. You can pick up Jessica. You can pick up Luke. And I would burn through those three all of the way until there is nothing left. And then if you can get through it, you can watch Iron Fist. <laughs> you know what? You can pretty much forget about Iron Fist because they're going to recast Iron Fist. I'm just going to say that and leave it there. Yeah. Well, I mean, but then you have the Defenders, although he did kind of, it is the Defenders, right? Sorry, I had a bit yeah, of a Yeah, he whined through the Defenders. I, I watched the Defenders, yes. And that's, that's, that's the hard part about that show is that whining. But if you can disregard that, you know, the Defenders wasn't so bad. No, I, I actually, I, I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. Yeah. But yeah. again, uh, Daredevil was such a much beloved yeah. series when it was out. And obviously the good feedback and the good vibes be- with Daredevil's return and the Kingpin's return that Just took place in Spider-Man, No yes. Way Home, and also as well in Hawkeye, my favorite series of 2021. You are absolutely on the money with Daredevil. I think that is something that I think is first and foremost, because it was the first, but it's also, I think, overall the best. But tell us why you would go in what order that you're talking about. And I know Iron Fist is obviously last. Yeah, just because... Just because I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm like, you, you don't, you, you can just. Well, I, I, I requited again, dropping Josh's name. He has OCD on completing games. So if you have OCD on completing series, you have to watch Iron Fist just to watch Iron Fist. But That's true, yeah. Let's talk about these series that, that are actually have some promising moments, like Luke yeah. Cage, like Jessica Jones, like yeah. The Punisher. So I think you should which, go Yeah, Daredevil. which one? Yeah, Daredevil's first. Yeah, I think you should go Jessica Jones second and Luke Cage third because the Jessica Jones and Luke Cage series, they kind of pop back and forth between each other's. They had a kind of a relationship. Yeah, so you can watch Jessica Jones and you're going to get a little like hint, a little peek, 
a little uh, idea about Luke Cage. And as their relationship progresses and more and more comes out about Jessica's past, Luke Cage's past is equally as entwined in Jessica's in a truly tragic way. So I would watch Jessica and then I would go into Luke Cage because season one for both are kind of tied together. That's my thoughts. What about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I mean, that's obviously something that's not as hard edge. It was put on ABC as opposed to yeah. Netflix where you could go ahead and create mature content. Yeah. Where would you put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in all this? Or would you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would keep the two separate. And it's just because there is less of the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist stuff than there is of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's so there's such a high volume of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I like to really binge on one thing at a time and like kind of obsess over it and then go on to another thing. So if I start Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's going to be a long time before I can get into the, the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist stuff. I'm asking because I think in some of these cases, these fans that are out there that are not familiar with the Netflix Marvel shows, because they came at a time where Netflix was still rising. Yes. And a lot of the viewers may have not caught or actually, well, you know, the shows were just available until last month, the end of last month. So they actually could have caught it, but they probably just didn't because, you know, like streaming there's not a lot of backlog a lot of people go ahead and find and sometimes people watch a rainy day or watch the emperor's new groove for the 57th time and then there's <laughs> most of the stuff that just sits there dormant because you're always waiting for fresh new content so stuff right. like the marvel netflix shows may have sat there on netflix and people forgot about it yeah. but this people should be reminded of and the reason why is because we're already seeing charlie cox's daredevil now active with the possibility of having the series revived because he's not only making several appearances in other television shows and movies, there could be a revival of his Daredevil series down the road. It hasn't been a hundred percent confirmed, but I have a feeling that there's enough good vibes. that That's a possibility. Kingpin, you see him coming around. He's going to be an echo. That series He's already been rumored, already been talked about. You've already seen him in Kingpin. And I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him, but, The reason why I tell people to check out a lot of these shows is because the fact that I think you're going to be seeing some of these characters even more in the MCU as well. I want to say all of them. I really am kind of dubious whether or not the Punisher will be there, although I love the actor. He's he's a great actor. He's uh, John Bernthal. He's just a tremendous actor in everything that he does. I'm not sure if that hard-edged character will actually be in something down the road with the MCU. Maybe. Could be. I don't think he has the bad will from the fans that Iron Fist does, which I think they will recast. But I think Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, people need to get to know. Yeah. And and Luke Cage deserves way more. He, he, the, the, the actor, the actors, I should say that are involved in that. They deserve so much more screen time, so much more. And I would love it if this had a huge surge in popularity and we got more of that content because the world that Luke Cage lives in is so neat and so cool and not to mention the soundtrack for the show was incredible so it really does it takes it takes all of the great show boxes it really does yeah Uh, it's just i'll tell you what i am very intrigued about seeing a few of the episodes that i missed when it was on netflix because again once it was almost like it's almost like it's out of sight out of mind even though it was still there it's just something that Netflix, they move on. They have so right. much content that throw at you new and here's what's new and here's what's fancy. They just keep throwing. Now, 
again, it appears on your algorithms, so it shows up there as a suggested thing that you should watch every now and then. But for the most part, I think most people just moved on to different and new, whatever's hot, new and fresh on Netflix. But if you really get a chance, I think this is going to be a nice thing for Disney. I think actually we'll see a little bit of an upswing of momentum back to Disney Plus with yeah. Turning Red and how well it's doing and these Marvel shows because it's a lot of fresh content that's coming to Disney Plus. Can I tell you a little bit of a story that I know about Luke Cage, the show? Here's a story. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Okay, so of a man uh, named Luke Cage. <laughs> so there is there is a, a bar, an entertainment place that a lot of the story happens in. I'm going to try to do this without spoilers. So the producers of the show had approached Prince to come and perform on the show and have a song on the soundtrack and and all of that kind of stuff, and Prince turned it down. So in order to kind of still pay homage to Prince, I guess is the way that I'll put it. There's a swear jar in the show that is very sacred to the place where the swear jar is kept. Again, I'm trying to keep it vague because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen the show. And that is because it was rumored that in Prince's studio, he had a swear jar. And every time somebody dropped a word, he would tap the jar and you had to produce money and put it in the jar every time you swore. So that was their way to kind of still have Prince on the show, but not obviously have Prince on the show. That's my little story I have about Luke Cage. I don't know if that sold the show for anybody or not, but it was just a a cool thing that I heard. Well, one character you probably not see is Mahersha Ali. Yes. Yes. Well, I guess you could say it if you suspend your disbelief. Honestly, the the reveal of the the villain of the show is quite striking. Yeah, it is quite striking. But again... (laughs) <laughs> because he's going to be yes uh-huh. oh still got All the right. puns here josh is not All here right. but the puns still keep coming <laughs> i will say though that Mahersha ali because of the fact that he's now blade i don't think he'll reprise that character i really don't yeah. if they do need that character i think they'll have another actor carry on with it but i really think that Mahersha ali i'm looking so forward to him as blade because he's such a skilled actor and we saw that in luke cage and hopefully people get a chance to go ahead and check it out but it's so funny how many of these actors or actresses have played multiple characters within the confines of the marvel cinematic universe or marvel television universe in various formats so it's kind of funny to see how they keep utilizing these different actors in various ways on multiple occasions but you know, if they like somebody, they're going to put you to work if that's the case. So, again, it is the Marvel shows, Punisher, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, The Defenders, Iron Fist, Daredevil. and also, yeah, Daredevil, of course, and yeah. the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're all coming to Disney Plus this week. What are your thoughts on those shows coming to Disney Plus this week? And which one are you going to watch first? Please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram 
for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, before we head on out, Melinda, South by Southwest 2022. And this is somewhere I would love to go. It'd just be so cool to check out the concerts because there's all these cool concerts that go on there. Technology, a lot of technology stuff goes on there. Video games, they have video game awards down there. They have also video game reveals, video game updates there. They have movies and television panels. They dropped a couple things down there while they were there. And some movie premieres, which we'll talk about here in a sec. A big movie premiere, I think people need to go ahead and think about that's coming up here in a couple weeks for everybody. But wanted to go ahead and mention that the things that stood out to me the most were the teaser for season three of The Boys. After the boys' animated series Diabolical just dropped last week, yes, they dropped the teaser this week for season three, and they had some new characters in this teaser. But the most interesting aspect shown to me during this teaser was that the butcher has got some laser eyes going on. So that was very interesting. This is something he must have had Compound V at some point in time. So I want to hear your thoughts on The Butcher. Obviously, Homelander is still Homelander, for better or for worse. And there's a lot of pain and stress going on throughout this teaser. But I want to hear your thoughts on The Butcher, because it does focus a lot on The Butcher and what could be going on with him in season three. I've enjoyed other seasons, so I'm I'm always looking forward for the show to come back. So uh, without even knowing anything, it's on my calendar. Okay, it's on mine as well. What are your thoughts out there on Season 3 of The Boys? Are you going to catch it? Is it a must-watch like us? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also in Season 3, one of the three shows, like Doom Patrol. I, I, I loop in The Boys, Doom Patrol, and The Umbrella Academy all together because they all came around the same time. Same time, yeah. They all kind of like anti-hero shows. They're all kind of doing this... Not the same thing per se, but they're all kind of anti-hero shows that are really quirky. They can get a little bit over the top. They can go into the gore. But they're all three very well done and very entertaining. The Umbrella Academy Season 3 dropped its trailer at South by Southwest 22. And I will tell you what, it's really good. When last we left the, the folks from the Umbrella Academy, they were just about ready to face off against their almost like mirror images, like we're in a Star Trek mirror image. I almost feel like I'm getting my evil Spock beard back, but (laughs) it was a Sparrow Academy facing off against the Umbrella Academy. So this, I guess, is the anti-Umbrella Academy per se, and it does tease a little bit of what's going on there. So it's a very intriguing matchup. So any thoughts on season three of the Umbrella Academy? Because it looked pretty good as well. Yeah, that's another show that Rob and I, we absolutely binge that. And we probably have rewatched the series a couple of times. So we'll be there for the the beginning of the next season as well. Absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to it. It looked very good. But last but not least to South by Southwest, I wanted to mention was a movie premiere that was for everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, which stars a favorite of mine, Michelle Yeoh. She's so good. She is so good in everything that she does. She killed it in Discovery. She killed it in Shang-Chi. She kills it everywhere. And she is the star of this movie, which is going to drop 
later this month, March 28th, I believe March 28th, to select theaters and then a couple weeks later in wide release. I think that it is something people need to check out. IGN has already given a 10. Yeah, if you've seen the trailer, you're going to think this is totally weird. This has a lot of similar vibes as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And this is a multiverse movie, per Mm -hmm. se. And IGN's feelings, the reviewer at IGN, and some others as well that I saw, the few that got to see it, have said similar praise is that this is a multiverse movie that Doctor Strange is going to have to try very hard to live up to. (laughs) Wow. I mean, multiverses are so hot right now. Absolutely. We were at the forefront of this. In 2016, we started this multiverse. Right. I saw the trailer for this movie Oh, gosh, it's got to be a little over a month ago. Could be even longer. And yeah, I rewatch the trailer all the time. It looks incredible. And I'm so excited for her to have this chance to, you know, show her full range right from her martial arts prowess through to her acting chops. I'm so excited for her. I'm just I'm thrilled. I can't wait to see this movie. I can't wait to see it either. It's something I really am looking forward to to see and I am so happy for Michelle Yeoh that she's getting this kind of praise at this stage of her career, because not only has she done such an amazing job as a, I guess she's a known star, but she's playing a lot of supporting roles. But the fact is that A24 has enough faith to center an entire movie and a multiverse around her. Yeah. That is just awesome. That to me, just, yeah, that's just awesome. She is a captivating woman. I, yeah, I would watch her sit in like just a spotlight on a stool and just like read from a magazine. I don't know, fly fishing magazine. That's, I would watch her do that. And if anybody wants to know if she performs any martial arts in the movie, I'll just say that she does. If we see in the trailers, it's true. She does. But that's only a small part of the movie from what I'm understanding. So I'm looking forward to it. Is everything everywhere all at once? Again, IGN has already dropped a 10 on it. Could be one of the best of the year. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to go ahead and judge that for ourselves. But we want to hear your thoughts on South by Southwest 22. Was there anything else that you saw, that you liked, that you heard about, that you thought was really cool coming from there? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. I do want to pay respects to the late William Hurt, who passed away this past weekend at 71. I know our younger viewers will only know him as General Thunderbolt Ross, the bad guy who played Thunderbolt Ross in several Marvel movies, the latest being Avengers Endgame, and I guess a digitized younger version of him in Black Widow. He's a one-time Oscar winner, four-time nominee. He won for Kiss of the Spider-Woman. Way yes. back in the 80s, I think that was, uh, from what I remember, I remember that movie very vaguely. I think it was a good movie, and his performance in several 80s movies made him a superstar at that time. Yeah, absolutely. So your thoughts on William Hurt, who passed away this weekend at the age of 71? Yeah, it's another sad loss for Hollywood, I think. He paved the way, I think, for a lot of different things, and I completely forgot about broadcast news. Now I have another show I have to go back and binge watch. I have not seen that in a long, long time. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. Am I busy for the rest of the night? Maybe I'm going to have to wait on these two movies that we talked about earlier, Turning Red and Adam Project. Maybe I'll go back and watch William Hurt tonight. We'll see how you, whatever way you want to do it is fine with me, but I do suggest that you go see both those movies, but 
yeah, obviously paying tribute to William Hurt would be very respectful indeed. But yeah, if you have any memories out there of William Hurt and everything that he's brought to the industry, a particular movie or performance that really resonates with you, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we head on out, do you have $300,000 you might be able to loan me? Actually, I'm um, sorry. $500,000. And I'll tell oh, you why. 500000 Hang on. 504 to be exact. No, I'm about 504 short. I'm sorry. Okay. At Heritage Auctions, they announced that they did an auction of several Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and other training cards that were out there as far as putting them up for bids. And the highest thing that they sold was a 1999 Pokemon Charizard number four, first edition. Oh, man. Base set training card as a perfect mint 10 condition. Oof. And it sold today for $336,000. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's just insane. Absolutely insane. So what happens is they have a little button on cards, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we, we should have kept all these streets Pokemon cards when we were younger. But we'll kick her on top of that is if you wanted to buy it from the owner that just yeah. bought it, mm-hmm. you have to make an offer of 504000 or more. Just So he instantly wants to make a profit off it. But it's funny wow. because you've got unopened packs of Pokemon cards from that same year, 288000 And you've got Magic the Gathering sealed boxes of starter decks that sold for $168,000. Then you got Magic the Gathering, already broken open cards, separate cards that are like, a, well, this one was a mint. It's been rated as a nine. That sold for $66,000. Man, alive. Those are 1993, 1994. Who are the, on the Magic buyers? Game. Because. Well, you got to keep that anonymous because, you know, for, if we were buying it, I want to be kept anonymous. Just I don't want people knowing that I bought it. Well, I mean, yeah. if somebody's just looking to give away $504,000, I have I, a cause. I, I, well, I certainly don't want my wife knowing I bought, you know, I spent $500,000 on something like that. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be not too good for my health. But be that as it may, it, they were talking tens of thousands of dollars on these. That's crazy. Yeah. And you've got to make sure they're mint. you got to grade it so that it's cost to grading these cards. Oh my gosh, but they're going for tens of thousand dollars for these. And these are not just sports cards or training cards. These are Magic the Gathering and Pokemon cards, which 10, I don't say 10 years, but maybe 15 years ago, people didn't have even a second thought on. There was no nope. real market on this stuff didn't, where. Did you get cards at McDonald's or something in a Happy Meal for a while? Some, for a while, yeah. And people yeah. were just, you know, it's just kid stuff. Left them on the table. Yeah, exactly. And now all of a sudden they're worth tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Insane. Well, Absolutely insane. What are you doing wrong? <laughs> if we could only go back in time like the Adam Project. Yeah. yeah just, oh, I, I would just grab one Charizard card. Just one gem, 10, yep. grade 10, charge our card, and I'm all set. Wow. Oh gosh. But if you have any valuable or really cool Magic the Gathering or Pokemon or any other unique pop culture trading cards out there, sports cards, you know they're starting to sell like hotcakes, but this industry in and of itself is also taking off as well. If you've got an interest in it, tell us why. Also, you don't have to tell us that you've got this rare card or whatnot, but if you've got some stories in that realm as far as Pokemon or Magic Gathering or any of these unique trading cards that you'd love to tell us about, 
please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, you crazy kids out there, it's time to go ahead and party. Forget the tests. Forget the finals. Forget the homework. Because if you're a college kid out there, you're going to go ahead all across the country and you're crazy because it is March Madness. Mm-hmm. It is coming back. It is coming back later this week. Yeah, it's coming back. The crazy kids out there, the college basketball tournament, everybody's starting to go ahead and get out their office pools because the 64 teams have been named. The brackets have already been done. I've already got mine already taken care of. I already got my picks that I know are going to be blown up already. It's funny because every year I make my picks on who is going to go all the way. And every time March Madness comes around, and by the end of the first weekend, I always post a, a GIF. The only time I post a GIF, really. <laughs> right. It's David Caruso walking away from a blown up car or a yeah, dumpster fire. Your bracket, huh? Yeah, because that's my bracket because it blows yeah. up after the first weekend. And it, of course, you and I live in Vegas, and it is about to be one of the five biggest weekends of the year. Yeah. For Las Vegas because of the billions of dollars. And I mean billions that could be spent this weekend on March Madness. It's a wild time, especially if you end up down in that part of town, down by the university. The traffic down that way gets pretty crazy. So watch out for that if you're in the Vegas area over the next Tell little me about while. It. Yeah. It's not quite CES, but it's just a shade under that. And that yeah. is still very busy. I mean, the casinos are going to be hopping. The sports books are going to be just oozing with cash going yep. back and forth people thinking they're going to go ahead and make their bucks at who's going to go all the way will there be any sleepers will there be a big upsets will there be any just underdogs that go all the way well we'll let you know if you want on the lakers fast break show if you want to hear that but my picks to go all the way just to let you know before we head on out I think my final four is duke purdue arizona and auburn and i think duke is going to win this year We'll see what happens. We'll see if it all goes up in flames. We'll see if I have to post my dumpster fire <laughs> gif one more time. May just do that, but we'll wait and see. But what are your picks out there for the final four and March Madness? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been an outstanding episode as always. I thank you so much for filling in for Josh. Yeah. Hopefully he'll get the internet gremlins worked out and be here next week. But any last thoughts before we head on out? Please give Jessica Jones and Luke Cage a chance. Both shows are so good, and you deserve to watch them. They are that good. You deserve it, absolutely. And while you're there at Disney Plus, Turning Red is a great Pixar film. I know it's going to be somewhere in my top five Pixar films all time. So that tells you how much I enjoyed this film Mm -hmm. and how much it resonates with me, my family, my daughter's how much of a great job they did. It just is an exemplary film and it really is one of the best of this year so far. And uh, I got to go ahead and and give a shout out to my good friend who's at Pixar. I think I will let him know via the DM exactly how I feel about the movie because it's a job well done by an entire team. Fantastic. I'm excited. should go see it. Tell me how it is by Friday. Yo, you got it. 100% I'm in. Okay. All right. There you go. But please check out Melinda and I on our regular time slot on the Friday show. It's something that we talk about each and every time on our own multiverse, the original multiverse of the PCC multiverse. They're trying to take our multiverse away. They can't do that. They can't do that. But <laughs> imagine. It's always great to have you here. And thank you so much for checking us out today at the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
So from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Vassar. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great